Hello and welcome to the Ignite Podcast. My name is Caitlin Moyes. And I'm Heather Morris. And we are on episode number 35, and we're titling this one, Living Right in a Fallen World. This is kind of a heavy one, Heather, so we're going to try to lighten it up a little bit. But yeah, it's a tough topic, but we're still going to have fun, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's so important to have this topic. And my teens and I have been talking about this in some form their entire life. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Okay. So, first of all, what does living godly mean? I think at the first sound of that, that can be, like, people think maybe that's being boring or maybe that's trying to be perfect. But actually, living godly just means aspiring to live as Jesus lived. So some examples or illustrations of that would be showing kindness to others, being honest, loving, and serving the people around you. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I I like that you use the word perfect because I think that that's what new Christians especially, and, and people that even have grown up in the church, we get so caught up in that, that you have to be perfect. I like the word aspiring. So you know, we all fall off. We all we all make mistakes, or maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe we intentionally did something or got angry. But when we're aspiring to be like God, we know in our hearts that what we did was not correct mm-hmm. and that it's time for us to like wheel it back. Reel it back in. Reel it back in, we should say, actually. That's like fishing, right? And um, and start anew, right. which usually I would think starts with a conversation with God. So I think the aspiring part of that is important. Mm. Nobody needs to be perfect to be wanting to live a, a godly life. But being godly, I think, is the aspiring part where you're using those tools you know, I hate to call it tools, but you're using those those godly mindset things that we've been talking about. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we also wanted to note that this is not an overnight transformation. So if you give your life to Jesus, um, thinking the next day that everything's going to be perfect, your life is going to be without problem, That's just setting ourselves up for failure, honestly. And I had that mindset at first when I became a Christian, like, oh, everything's going to be so much better. I'm not going to have the problems that I did before I was a Christian. But actually, when we become a Christian, we still have those challenges, but we have God to walk alongside us in the challenges, and that's the difference. And we also have the power of the Holy Spirit to help guide and direct our choices. So before, if we didn't believe in God, then we're kind of going off of our own wisdom, our own intelligence. But when we invite God to come into our heart, then we really have that inner navigation that tells us what's right from wrong, how to act a certain way. And that really makes all the difference. Yeah. And I think that that's what, thank you, Caitlin, that's what gets us into living right in a fallen world. Our world, um, I tell my kids all the time, I've told them this for years, you you are the minority mm-hmm. in your school, being a Christian and living a Christian life. You are not like 
you know, mm-hmm. all of your friends. Some of your friends, I hope, I hope yeah. they have that, that good core, That's a good point. you know, but you are not like them. You are, um, mm-hmm. working to, to, it's so hard. It's mm-hmm. so hard to be a parent in this mm-hmm. when your, your kids are young Christians, because, um, the things that might seem like everybody else is doing it, mm-hmm. it's like, but we don't, We don't live like that. So even though it's normal for you to see this happening on a regular basis in your school, it's not like we don't live like that. So it's, I don't want it to become normal to you. I want you to know the difference. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make us any better than anybody else, but it makes us very different. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, the fact that they might think that I'm strict or, that, you know, they can't do what everybody else does. Well, yeah, we live the, in this house. We live a different life. So it, you can't look like everybody else. And that's hard as a young person. And that's hard as a young Christian. So I'm just coming to you as I see that that ache. Um, and I just want to give you encouragement that there's there are people that can help you. Like engulfing yourself in your church um, communicating with people in the church and then going to youth group where you can finally say on a Thursday night, Mm -hmm. these people, you know, these other people, my peers here are aspiring to be like I am. Mm -hmm. And, and that just gives you such a comfort and a release for the week. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry. Go ahead, Caitlin. Heather, that's, you made so many good points. I was trying to remember everything <laughs> that you said because, and first I will say, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up about how you and your children aim to have the household that is representing God. And that made me think of the verse for, um, that says that we are called to be of the world, but not in the yes, world. Yes. Um, and I'm glad that you brought up the point that it is difficult. It's not an easy walk. Mm-hmm. And we are the minority. And I think we're seeing that more and more the mainstream culture is kind of leaning in the opposite direction which means we have to be even more of the light and um, a positive influence in the world and in the people around us and so there's a big word that kind of goes with this or that we're talking about and it's called sanctification and that's just the process of becoming more like Jesus so once again it's not going to be an overnight process this has taken me 10 years to get to the point where I am now but it's a journey and I think every day we can aim and aspire to be more like Jesus um, and just the choices that we make. And we can do that by reading God's Word every day. So a big thing for me that I started was reading a chapter uh, every morning of the Bible. And I'm kind of going back and forth now between the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you're somebody that hasn't read the Bible very much, I recommend starting in the New Testament. And in one of the Gospels, um, like Mark or John, Matthew, um, any one of those is a good place to start. Also, praying is so important. That's just talking to God about how you feel and listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So when you feel that little nudge inside of you, like, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing that, um, really listening to that. And then I found that you will be blessed in return for following the direction of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Caitlin. That was well put. So we should use, I'm thinking we should use some examples. Okay. Okay. So can you think of an example of when you were younger and your friends were doing something different that 
Can you think of anything, Caitlin? Yeah? Sure. <laughs> that you did not partake in? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, well, I will say, I'll bring up relatively recently, um, starting in, back in December, my husband and I decided not to partake in alcohol anymore. And we did that for many reasons, but our friends still drink, and we're still around it at times, but... It kind of shows a, a little bit of a difference, like, hey, we're not doing that anymore, and we don't have to make a big deal about it, like, we're not a, drinking alcohol. It's just a choice that we make, and we're, we're going to have a tea or something instead and feel 100 times better because before that, I felt like we are kind of going down the slippery slope of not being able to only have one, and I'm just being real with you, like, that. that is a concern. So we both just abstained, and we feel 100 times better, so... I guess that's just my example. Of so what you're saying, I like this example. I think this is perfect. Um, so what you're saying is that you're still meeting with the same mm -hmm. friends. You're not stopping your friend group. Mm -hmm. But obviously, it's very apparent to everybody else when you're sitting and dining with them mm -hmm. that you are not drinking and they are. Mm -hmm. So how does that make you feel? Like always happy or you guys comfortable in it? Are you, what happens? I mean, at first I think it was a little awkward when they're like, Hey, you want to come over and have a beer and stuff? And we just had to say, hey, we're not drinking anymore. Um, and they're totally fine with that. But if you have friends that are like picking on you or teasing you for that, then maybe they're not really your friends. Yeah. Um, but the people that we hang around with, they're, they don't even think it, like a big deal at all. They don't say anything. They just know that that's something that we don't do. They can still do it around us. It's not a big deal. And it, it just works out fine. But yeah, I think maybe deep down that kind of shows them a little bit of a difference. And we, we can say for many reasons. And then also I think a testimony comes to that because if um, somebody really asked us, the reasons why we don't drink, I can go into the whole story of everything, but that's more for like the personal friendships mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, but then they can have an understanding of, um, of why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. I love that you wrap that up like that because um, I think that this is like the whole picture of what we're seeing. Now, Caitlin and I are not saying that having a drink as an adult is being ungodly, no, no. but we're just saying that you do look different to friends, whatever that is. And you're, this was just your situation. And then I think the fact that you're saying that you can use that as a testimony to them. I mean, a testimony is when you use, you use what's happening in your life to show someone else what God's done, mm -hmm. you know, for you. And that's what God wants everybody to be doing, right. wants everyone to get to the point where they're confident enough to give a testimony mm -hmm. to their friends. It doesn't mean that that's where you need to be right now, mm -hmm. but that's the difference in living in a world that is not godly and then living in the Christian world that we're all aspiring. There's that word aspiring um, to live. I'm going to give you an example. Now, this is not something that has, well, I could tell you a zillion stories about when I was younger. No matter what was happening on Sunday, I mean, Saturday night, my family and I were in church. So, Whatever crazy thing I did, whatever scavenger hunt we we did as friends until three o'clock in the morning, 
I had to be okay with the fact that I needed to wake up the next morning, be responsible while I'm at church for whatever happened or didn't happen the night before. <laughs> and we were to be in church. There was no if, ands, or buts. And I thank my parents for that because there's something that you can get from every single sermon. And that's exactly what happened. And that's living as a young person for me, living the Christian life in an ungodly world. And then I got to the point as an adult where it's not that I never go out on a Saturday night, but I just know it's less than it used to be because I know I have to get up early and get my family ready. And, and I want to be in church. So there's less of those nights now. Like maybe that's something you do on a Friday, have a sleepover party, you know what I mean? And do the water balloons and <laughs> stay up until two in the morning. But I want my, my mind and my heart and even my head and my headache that you have the next morning, <laughs> I want it to be ready to hear mm -hmm. what God wants to tell me mm -hmm. every day, but on that Sunday morning, because that's my place of comfort. So that's my example from when I was a kid, but I'm going to get into something a little funny, but I think that it needs to be said. My, I have three, three teenagers. They all think differently about some different topics that happen um, in their schools right now. And one of them is um, very controversial. It's about, um, you know, being gay, being transgender, um, LBT, LGBTQ, yes, that kind of stuff, yes. Um, again, I'm not going to give you my opinion on this at all. Um, God loves everybody. I mean, in the end, God loves everyone. So as Christians, we need to just love everyone. Um, now the scripture goes on to that and, and starts to go a little more detailed in, in how God feels about that and that kind of stuff. But in the end, every one of those scriptures say, love everyone, love your neighbor, love those people. So I have some of my children that are very firm in the word um, and what God is saying about just sexual immortality in general, you know? Yes. <laughs> say it, Caitlin. Say the word. Immorality. Yes. And, uh, you know, I mean, in the same, and in the same boat as that right. is having sex before marriage, sure. you know? So we're, so really we're talking about all of that. Mm -hmm. It's all the same. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, I have some of my kids that are very firm in that. Like God says that this is not what we do. And then I have another child that is just pushing in every debate that we have, you should love everybody. Mm -hmm. My friends are not being accepted by you if you're holding so firm to, to what you're saying. And that's when you get into looking at the scripture and not looking at at the other things that the scripture says too, because anything that the scripture can say about, you know, having sex before marriage and all those other things that go along with it, it also says, but love everybody, right. love everyone. So my kids in living in a 
ungodly world and being Christian still have that back and forth struggle. Um, and, and all of them are right, but I, I'm just going to let you know in the end, I'm going to go along with, I'm going to end the conversation and go along with a child that's saying everyone needs to be loved. So that, I mean, that's a, that's hard for us, but that's our family struggle in them being Christians and me bringing them up in a Christian home and them struggling with what goes on in the world. So, I mean, was that, okay. So that's my example and my struggle as a parent that is trying to raise Christian children. And I have to remind them very frequently you know, God is clear about things, but you have to look into the clarity and not just take whatever scripture you want to, to make your point. Does that make, that's what our struggle is, so. Thank you for sharing that, and I think that just shows the tension between trying to discern the Bible and still living in this world, and and it is Everything that we talk about on this podcast is so complex and it's hard to kind of wrap everything up in a nice bow in 20 minutes, but I so appreciate just you letting us know of that dialogue that's going on in your household and kind of how you're navigating that. So thank you. Um, and then we just wanted to talk about living godly doesn't equal a boring life. Obviously, there's so much that goes on. And the more that I grow in my relationship with God, the more joy that I've experienced I've had severe social anxiety um, up until probably about a year or two ago, and that is um, just growing closer to God has helped me uh, definitely with that as a way of seeing people just in a loving way instead of instead of people kind of judging me. I take it as an approach, how can I help these people instead of, you know, I just feel awkward being around people. And the third one is the more love I'm able to give and receive, um, the more that I grow in my relationship with the, with God. And that kind of just goes into um, what I said a second ago about the social anxiety thing. When I'm not worried so much about myself and instead just serving others, that anxiety goes away. So that's just for anybody that struggles with social anxiety out there. <laughs> You're not alone. Yeah. Thank you, Caitlin, for telling us about that. I mean, it's so good when you know, again, we're Christians mm -hmm. living in a world mm -hmm. that is not the same, and we have problems just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, again, I love this, that you're sharing with us that you experience more joy and that you have less anxiety, and you've seen the way that exchange now mm -hmm. where you can... Um, love on people and you receive mm -hmm. something, mm -hmm. you know, in return. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. And I, I, I just encourage everyone to get, you know, go to a, go to church or have a group of friends in mm -hmm. school that, you know, are also Christians because mm -hmm. there's such power mm -hmm. and safety and, um, just, it's a beautiful thing when you can be together with other Christian mm -hmm. friends. And and I'm just really encouraging you. We will start youth group up here again, hopefully in the fall. Mm -hmm. So Caitlin and I can start telling you about when and where you can be and how you can get here. But right now, I mean, we have this podcast and anytime you want to contact Caitlin or I, mm -hmm. we, can, we can kind of plug you in with some fellow Christians and start 
getting you a, a, a good close group because yeah. that's really important. And then of course, going to church. Mm -hmm. So we'd yeah. love to have you on a Sunday at 11 a.m. <laughs> here on Market Avenue. Come join my little corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sit with Caitlin. <laughs> Nice. Um, and then the final point we want to talk about is just living right, not in our own strength, but through God's power. So this has nothing to do with us personally trying to be good enough. That's why Jesus came to this earth to take away our sins and give us that free gift of salvation. And then in turn, we have the, that sense of peace and knowing that um, he is walking with us and we have, um, we have that, that eternal hope to look forward to in heaven. The verse I have for today is from Romans 12, 2, and it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So I love that one. Thank you. And do you have a check it out for us? I do. If you go on to puremagazine.org, it's the most current issue. There is um there is so there is a I don't know, it's it's just a fun little section in there, but it's talking about embracing grace. Mm. And it's about a college student that went to college broken, but knew God. She knew God. Um, and she ended up having a roommate that just loved God in everything that she did and was such a good witness. And then she felt like she accepted the grace mm. um, that God gives. And she just talked about how she lives a whole other life now. And it's a simple, easy read and makes a good point. So I think I just encourage you to go on. It's puremagazine.org and it's Embracing Grace. Nice. That, sound, that like ties perfectly yeah. into what we're talking about today. And we'd like to conclude with the ABCs of salvation. So if you're hearing this and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, this is just a simple way, um, just a, a prayer that you can pray um, to yourself to ask Jesus into your life. So the A is for admit that you've done wrong. Um, we've all sinned. We've all, we all have that past um, that we are not proud of. We've done things that we're not proud of. Um, but the B is for believe that Jesus died for our sins. So that's why he came to this earth to take away the sins. Um, and it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's Romans 6, 23. And the C is for calling on his name by asking Jesus to come into your heart. So that just um, means asking him to be a part of your life and to walk with you. And from there, everything begins to change. Thanks so much for listening today. And until next time, ignite, ignite your, your life. life.